welcome to this special edition podcast series, Surviving the Shitstorm. It's clear that things have from one day to the other changed dramatically. We're no longer in a perfect storm, but a shitstorm. The coronavirus has sent shock through society, but also our already shaken hospitality and restaurant industry. It became clear to the team here at Experience 101 during the last two weeks that something needs to be done. There's a need for hope and guidance in this darkest hour. We agreed as a team it's our duty to help our industry and its people to navigate the storm here and now as well preparing for a very different future. There's no playbook, no previous learning and experiences to be shared, but there is clearly is a need to do something to keep moving forward. If we come together as a community to share what we're trying, what's working, where we are failing, then we believe that everyone will come out stronger and more successful and better equipped to face a new future. To be able to do this, we will frequently be bringing you ideas and inspiration and practical action via this special edition podcast series with leaders and experts from inside and outside our beloved industry. In this first episode, we are very lucky to have co-founder and CEO of Street Feast, Jonathan Downey, as our guest. He will be giving amazing insights into where he sees the industry is right now, what you need to do as an operator to keep the doors open, what the government needs to do to keep one of the most important industries and biggest UK employers afloat, and what he is doing himself as a leader to keep head over water. Thanks to our amazing partners, Jason from HGEM, Simon from Teholder, and Nick from Beta Mojo, who's making this possible. Last thing, grab your notebook. There's some great nuggets that will help you to navigate the storm. Thank you very much for joining us today on this special edition podcast episode. Uh, I'm very lucky to have uh, JD, the co-founder and CEO of Street Feast, with me today. And uh, we we are not here to have the, the, the normal interview we would have. We are having the 13th of March, 2020, and our beloved hospitality and restaurant industry uh, is ended in what I would call not just a perfect storm, but a shitstorm due to coronavirus. And uh, welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast, JD. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. You're very welcome. JD, so the people that don't know who you are and what business you're in, can you just give your like quick 30-second elevator pitch? Sure. Uh, for the last 23 years, I've been an owner-operator of a number of different hospitality businesses, bars, restaurants, nightclubs, a, uh, I better turn that off, a hotel in the French Alps, all kinds of things. Uh, the last six years, seven years, I've been mostly working on Street Feast. We have and operate uh, street food night markets, street food arenas in uh, mostly east and southeast London. Uh, we've got four sites at the moment in Shoreditch, in Lewisham, in Canada Water, in Canary Wharf. And uh, you have in the last couple of days, JD, been been out and uh, set your views about you know the, the current situation. And what is your views about this situation? I, I, I think I picked up, you said this is worse than the financial grass back in 2008-9? Yes, uh, this is without doubt the most catastrophic economic challenge that hospitality has faced, certainly in my lifetime. And uh, it's been kind of, uh, it's come upon us very quickly. 
I think we, we've all been taken by surprise by it. There was some wishful thinking and hoping that it wouldn't happen as badly as it was elsewhere. Uh, but we're past that point now. And uh, it's inevitable that there's going to be lockdown, as there's been in Italy. Businesses are going to be forced to close by the government in order to stem the spread of the virus. Uh, we were cash flowing uh, uh, projections uh, on the basis of a 50% reduction in sales for a few weeks, a few months. Now we're going to have to look at total closure for two months, perhaps. Nobody really knows at the moment, but we do know it is going to be absolutely devastating. And although I think a lot of the industry have responded and reacted and are, are ready to do what they can, there's still a lot of people who seem to have their head in the sand a bit or are living in denial. Yeah, and I, I've heard today uh, from a very you know close friend of mine that works in accountancy, and he says they could see over their estate where they were working with 140 hospitality. We have a drop between 20 and 30% the last two weeks. Yeah. And that's taking a lot of businesses into, you know, into loss making, but that's, you know, which is not sustainable in the long term. But I think the big problem and the things that the thing that kills most businesses is cash flow. And if you if your sales have dropped off a cliff and you've not got the cash in the bank to pay your rent, especially your staff utmost, most importantly, your key suppliers, you know, if you can't pay your rates, these kind of big costs that businesses incur, then you're just not going to survive for the next few weeks and months, uh, unfortunately, unless our government steps in and does something about it. I've just seen an announcement from Germany that their central development bank is going to provide a half a trillion euro uh, loan facility to businesses struggling as a result of coronavirus. And their, their finance minister said there's no upper limit on the loans. So we need that kind of immediate and powerful action from our government. And they've been a bit slow going, and it seems they're a bit slow on the economy too. So uh, I'm hopeful, though, that because the consequences of this are so damaging to the UK, you know, in the short and long term, that the government will step up in the way they had to when they bailed out the banks. So short term, massive cash flow issues, potentially closure uh, a closure rate we never seen before on the high street. That's your prediction. If nothing is done immediately, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I posted something earlier about this kind of an economic triage going on now, where we're we're trying to work, where the government is trying to work out, you know, how bad it can allow things to be, you know, and how bad business failure is allowed to get. So, you know, they're going to be looking at the businesses that are. Are strong and won't fail. They're going to be looking at those that, if they offer something, they'll survive. And then they'll be looking at those that are beyond help already. And it's it's that group of beyond help that's really significant because every day, every week, that group is growing larger unless government steps in and takes action. If no action is taken, where what what is your view? So like you've been in the industry for so many uh, operators uh, as an independent operator. What do you think that's going to happen? Of course, there's going to be job losses, closures, and things like that. But what does this do with an industry uh, going forward? We we have a lot of people employed in this industry. Third largest employer in the UK. Yeah, third largest, three point two million people. You know, we're bigger than aeronautical pharmaceutical and automotive combined we're a massively important uh, industry we provide lots of you know first jobs for younger people and um we perhaps don't have the voice we should have as in central government uh, as an industry and uh, you know I know there are several people doing that and there's lots of lobbying going on 
Um, and hopefully, uh, one of the upsides of this crisis, if there are any, is that this will shine a light on the contribution we make as an industry and uh, will become more uh, important. I think uh, without gov- without drastic and immediate government action, uh, I think the best thing that a lot of business owners can do is prepare for an insolvency. And um, I think it's important to stress that insolvency is not the end of the road. The UK company law and, and UK insolvency law is very uh, uh, well set up to deal with uh, business failure of businesses that should survive. So administration especially is designed, you know, to ensure that through the moratorium that comes in, businesses can get some breathing space and come out the other side and carry on leaner with less debt and more able to deal with some of the kind of, you know, ups and downs of uh, day-to-day business. So I think if you're falling into that bottom group of, you know, beyond help and looking now at insolvency and considering it, then I, again, I want to stress that's not the end, and you really should be considering whether you can get through the other side and still carry on with a different ownership structure, perhaps. And uh, but you'll also be free from a lot of perhaps crown debt like uh, VAT and PAYE. Uh, you know, some suppliers may take a hit. That's inevitable. Things are that is unavoidable. I'm afraid. Some, the, you know, the ripple effect of uh, hospitality businesses. Uh, failing on suppliers and, and people who support the industry is is also going to be massive. You know, the indirect uh, failure rate is going to be is going to be astronomical too. So, so what you're saying is actually one of your advices is to to other operators out there start uh, if you are in trouble, which primarily probably ninety nine percent is, uh, start looking at your business as it's going into insolvency and start thinking and working like that before it's too late is that what you're saying yeah i i think you know there's this kind of like imaginary point of no return in the life of a business when the directors and owners realize that they're not going to make it through and once and if you hit that point you know then your responsibilities as a business owner change slightly um you know and you've got to be quite careful and quite considered in every single payment you make every single step you make uh, I don't. People shouldn't be frightened that you know paying employees might be considered wrongful trading, or paying key suppliers could be an issue, or a preference, or a transaction, an undervalue of some of these other provisions of the Insolvency Act. But you know you do need you know the the landscape changes, and you need to be treading very very carefully. It's best never to reach that point. You know it's best never to reach that point if you can keep hold of your cash. If you can hold on to as much cash as you can, if you can postpone payment of rent, if you can avoid rates or postpone that, if you can speak to your bank and get you know debt repayment holidays, whatever you can do, if you can speak to your key salaried staff and say, look, we can't pay you 100% at the end of the month, but we'll pay you 75% or we'll pay you 50% and we'll make it up to you just as, through, as soon as we're through the other side. I mean, we're at that stage now where we're asking everybody to share the burden you know, of the the damage that's being done to our industry by people just staying home and, and being frightened to go out. And I guess this is going to create a lot of a conflict as well, because what you're suggesting here is like you, you're taking, you know, bread off the table with somebody for somebody else. How, how should you deal with that as an operator? Because that's, you know, people have been here before, but what is the right approach to this when you're saying like, we need to be careful how we spend our cash? 
I think you've just got to be completely honest and completely transparent with everyone who works for you, all of your suppliers. I mean, I, I came into the office this morning determined to sit down and write to our 10, 20 key suppliers. I haven't been able to do that. I've not had a chance yet, but I will do that later today or tomorrow. I've got to get that message out to them that we won't be paying them. Friday is a big pay uh, payment day for us. You know, we uh, last Friday, I think we made £140,000 worth of payments. I wish we hadn't now. We'd be a lot better off if that money was in the bank. And the key thing here is survival of business, survival of your business, survival of every business possible. Because without, if those businesses fail and they don't come out the other side of an insolvency procedure, then there will be no jobs. You know, there will be no business to, for suppliers to uh, uh, supply. That, you know, so it's really important that we, that as few insolvencies, you know, absolute complete business failures uh, happen. And we've got to do everything we can to try and limit that. And we need to get government support. We need to get a business rates holiday, I think, three months. No rates will be charged to any business in the UK, no business rates to any business in the UK until the, uh, to the end of June. I think we need a moratorium on landlords taking action to forfeit leases for non-payment of rent, again, until the end of June. Give us a three, give us a six-month moratorium. So if I don't pay my rent in the March quarter, which is only 10 days away, you know, and there's some massive rents going out, then that that won't mean that a landlord can step in and take over control of my business or anyone else's business. The government could bring that, and it needs to be thought through because that may mean that some of these landlords go out of business because they then can't pay their bank debt. But, you know, big bailouts have happened in the past, and I'm sure that with some big brains on this, we can figure out how we can make that happen. I think, you know, government needs to look at things like making public transport free for the next two weeks or the next two months. To encourage people to go out and you know visit uh, hospitality businesses and you know just carry on as best we can with all of these new kind of like hand washing and other protocols and social distancing uh, advice we've been getting uh, because one of my concerns is that the the economic catastrophe that is already happening may lead to you know probably not as many but certainly a significant number of deaths directly and indirectly. You know, poverty is a big killer. You know, there are all kinds of things that are going to go wrong if our economy collapses in the way that it can if things don't happen. The the the, the possible downside, the, the absolute devastation that could happen, I think, is so drastic that there's just no way the, the government will let this happen in the way there was no way they could let the banks fail. You know, so I'm... You know, I'm not scaremongering here because I'm confident that something's going to happen, but it's something. But the level of support we need is massive. You know, it's absolutely massive. It needs to be of the order of the German loan scheme, um, you know, half a trillion euros, you know, that much money. What would you, if you were saying from the knowledge you have today and you, you can only do what you can do. So that's, that's the circle of influence is called as well. What would you do as an operator? What would your top three tips be to an operator to do right now within the coming weeks? What would that be? Okay. So the first one is keep hold of your cash. Liquidity is everything. Um, second one, I would say communicate, you know, talk to your team, talk to your suppliers. Um, and then the third one is you have got to postpone, you've got to negotiate, you've got to agree uh, to delay 
and avoid the payment of as many of uh, your big ticket uh, expenses as you can, rent rates, whatever it is, and only, you know, really be looking to uh, settle essential supplies and, and staff for the continued operation of your business. If we get to a lockdown and that lasts for a month or two, then you know everything changes again, and we might need to do another one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Hopefully, we don't get there. Long term, what when when you get out on the other side, what is it that you can do now, in your view? Because that you know, as you said in the beginning, indicated there's you know there's also some positive there's a positive in this getting a voice. But what should you as an operator do now when you've done all the right things from a short term point of view? So. Get control of cash, communicate, postpone. What is the long-term thing you should do now? Well, I, I mean, that's going to depend on the individual and uh, owners and businesses. But I think it's a bit like getting a health scare, you know, when you're perhaps a little overweight or you've been living an unhealthy lifestyle. It's the same thing for your business. And this is going to give you an opportunity to step back and maybe sit down and just look at the way th- you've been running things and perhaps decide that you don't really need that or you know, is that essential and try and find uh, new and better ways to be more profitable, more efficient, you know, more hospitable, you know, uh, more consistent in your delivery of your, you know, customer service or whatever it might be, or your quality of your food or your your drinks offer, whatever it might be. You know, I think we're going to have an opportunity to do that because uh, we're not going to be allowed to open or operate quite soon. And that will give us time to reflect and perhaps change uh, the way we've been doing things, perhaps, you know, for years and, 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 and even decades and beyond. So I know I've been doing that a bit recently. And in fact, I was doing it from the beginning of the year. I sort of came into the new year thinking, you know, there's a lot we should be doing differently here, you know, analyzing some of your team members. Are they really, do they really believe in what you're doing? Are they really participating and engaged in your, your business plan? You know, uh, are you are you dealing with the right suppliers and the right people? Have you, you know, is is it time to to say goodbye to an underperforming site or an underperforming part of your business and focus on the stuff that's really good? I mean, all of these questions that you know, I think business owners will be asking themselves. Very good point. There's time for reflection as well, uh, and how we we move on. So, if you were, if you, it sounds like you've done your homework and know where to go for help and support, where would you say to operators out there? Small independent to large operators, where should they go and look for help and support, right? Well, it, it's, um, I, I, yeah, I've been 23 years in, in uh, hospitality. Before that, I used to be a corporate lawyer and I did a lot of corporate insolvency work in the 90s. So I've made some quite useful contacts, people I'm still in touch with. Uh, I'm dealing with a, uh, an, a company called Resolve. They were based in London and Lee Manning is the partner there. And I've known Lee for a long time, nearly 30 years, maybe. Um, if, if people are unsure what to do, I'm happy for them to drop me an email to JD at LondonUnion.com and I could perhaps give them some initial, uh, you know, friendly, uh, informal, uh, advice. I, uh, I've been doing a bit of that, uh, through my DMS on Twitter recently with people asking me questions about leases and, uh, et cetera. Um, um, but I, I mean, you know, I think, uh, some of these insolvency practitioners are going to be very busy at the moment and, uh, but ultimately, a lot of them are looking for a job, you know, looking for an instruction from a struggling business. I think initially, it's probably best to ask friends and colleagues in the industry who've perhaps been through this. You know, I, I had a fire that devastated uh, two of my businesses in 2010, and that nearly sent me under. So I've been through this the process of an administration before. 
it's it's all part of you know growing up as a business owner really so um i think practical advice is is what matters the most i i know a lot of the um the CVAs that happened in our industry last year, the the, the uh, professional fees involved in some of those were absolutely fucking astronomical, yeah. and didn't really help, you know. And in one, uh, you know, don't really help businesses survive. Uh, and some of those CVAs have ended up in administration anyway. So, you know, you've got to watch that running into uh, racking up the professional fees. And if you've got a mate who's been through it, or you know. You, you can do a bit of ringing around or or drop me an email and uh, I'm sure you'll get some good sort of like first thought advice from people. Uh, so first of all, thank you, JD, for putting that out there. We're going to put that in the notes of the, the podcast as well. And uh, uh, what you're saying is that it's, ti- it's time and as always is to come together as an industry and help each other out and being uh, open and honest with each other so we can help each other out. That's also what you're saying I hear within this Yes, absolutely. I mean, Alison, I've just went out for a lovely lunch at, uh, in a very quiet Shoreditch at Padella. Uh, I'm pleased to say that that restaurant was really busy. I was there at 2.30 for 20 minutes only, but it was really busy. It's great to see that. It's their new opening, you know, and I just think encourage people to go out, especially people who are not high risk or, you know, are vulnerable to, uh, you know, un- until we hear otherwise, until the, the word otherwise from the government is, you know, everybody stay home and everybody, and, and there's a complete lockdown. We're not there yet. So, so the so the word to to people who is maybe not in the industry, but maybe are clients or customers of the industry, go out if you are not in danger for other people with your with uh, any contamination or anything. Go out and actually support because in a couple of weeks you may be not be able to do that, and this would be may it will give a major difference for the hospitality and restaurant industry every pound right now. Yeah, I think another thing, another quick, another quick thing you can do, perhaps, and we're we're looking at this for next week, is perhaps shorten your opening hours. You know, maybe look to not open on a Monday or a Tuesday, or a, you know, a, or don't bother with lunch times if they're not working for you at the moment. You know, just try and reduce costs. I know your fixed costs stay the ch- stay the same, but your variable costs, if you can adjust them and perhaps do three or four days a week, try and compress your audience to those days. That that might help too. Uh, perhaps I don't know, and it will also. Terms of your team, make them realize that they're transitioning to a point when there's not going to be any, you know, nowhere open, and uh, you know there may not be any money to pay anybody either. Mm. So it's also being honest and transparent with your people, and make sure, yeah, the, in a way that you can make them feel as safe as possible in this situation. Because I think, I think as you were right, a lot of the the public hasn't really seen the the the, the, the writing on the wall yet. Because this week has been a bit uncertain, but I think there's more to come next week. Um, as you say as well, um, where, 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 how do you operate in all this? Because you're in the middle of it all yourself. You're not just saying this as an expert looking in on the industry. You are living it minute by minute in your own business. How do you keep yourself sane? What is your top three tips to leaders out there that runs their own businesses to 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 keep themselves alive and not stress out? Yeah, well, I'm I'm lucky in that I've got a business partner who's an accountant, and we've worked together for 20 years, and he's absolutely brilliant at providing me with up to the date financial information and uh, views on all kinds of things. Um, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that we've got a very profitable business model and a super, uh, you know, uh, popular site in Dynarama. Although, you know, the the, the drop off in numbers there is is shocking. I'm in quite a strong position. I think we've got probably a few months of cash before we run out, even if we get a two-month lockdown. Um, but um, how do I keep myself sane? Well, I'm just tr- trying, to, trying to be as normal as possible, really, and trying to share as much information as possible 
with as many people as I know. I've been, I've not left my laptop all day, WhatsApping links to people, telling them should we be doing this, finding out how they're doing, just generally, you know, trying to get together with as many uh, people in the same boat as me and uh, sharing our, you know, our ups, ups, downs, and you know, concerns. So I think um, it's just really important, you know, when this is happening to everybody. I mean, literally. I mean, I think Deliveroo are doing great and Netflix might see an increase in subscribers. But, you know, anyone in a bricks and mortar hospitality business is undoubtedly in the, in the same boat, you know, as so uh, everybody understands. I think the other thing to note is there's absolutely no shame in business failure. Very few people are brave enough and creative enough to open their own hospitality business. And if because of this, you have to fail and, and, and hopefully bounce back in, a, in another form at a later date. There's absolutely no shame in that. And you shouldn't let that uh, affect any decision or, or any step you need to take, uh, you know, in order to, to keep going at some stage and in some way. Where, where could uh, people find you if they want to, to follow you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter is one place. And uh, what, ha- what handle is that, JD? That's at Downey JD, D O W N E Y J D. And that's usually the place where I post most things. Um, and again, I, just please drop me an email if, if, if I can help. I'm not saying I will be able to, but I might be able to and uh, save you some time and some money. I'm JD at LondonUnion.com. Anything else you want to add here in the end? Any other advice, any tips uh, that could move people forward in this situation right now? Um, I don't know, rob a bank, uh, <laughs> eat your greens, keep yourself healthy, you know, fruit and veg. Try not to drink too much. Just drink a little bit in lots of places. Keep everyone going a little bit, but eat your greens. Yeah, we've all got to keep ourselves healthy for to get through this. Now, that, was a, that was actually a very good advice because often it starts with you and your ability to 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 be on top of the under wave instead of under the wave. And that's taking care of your health first because you only have one of those. So, JD, thank you so much to come on on this special edition. It's a bit shorter than normal. Uh, this has been super advice. And uh, we here at Hospitality Mavericks and Experience 101 send you, you and your team, all the power and energy. I love to navigate the, the coming period of uh, big uncertainty. Yeah, and best of luck to everyone. And, you know, the situation is so fluid. It's changing rapidly. And, you know, everything could be different a week from now. But, I, you know, I think we all know it's it's very bad and it will get worse. Thank you, JD. Well, good luck, everyone. Thank you, JD, for your incredible insights, and tips and tricks to navigate the storm. Remember, if you would like some help, please reach out to JD via Twitter at DowneyJD or email him at JD at LondonUnion.com. Please share this podcast so other industry people can get great insights and tips to help. If you like more of this, please subscribe to one of our channels. More will come very soon. If you're not signed up to the newsletter, go to experience101.live and sign up today. Thanks to our partners, HGEM, Tahola and Vitamodio for supporting us to get this out to more movers and shakers and mavericks. Together we can overcome this. Thanks for listening and be kind out there. We need more help, call the whole town. Now let's try and get this thing off the ground. Together, let's gather round. We're gonna try again.